Welcome to The Open Word, the online teaching ministry of Pastor David Landry on today's episode. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. Jews were talking to this primarily a Gentile crowd. Remember what they said, these are the ones who have turned the world upside down. And be careful because they're now in your city. They've come here. You need to stop and understand that's an amazing statement. The fact that so few who were so totally sold out to Jesus Christ can have such an impact on the world. Guys, if so few could do so much back in those days, what could so great a people who are totally sold out for Jesus do in our world today? Believers in a broken and sinful world have so much working against them. Unbelievers are often hostile and aggressive, rejecting the message of the gospel of Christ. Yet as Pastor David will explain today, the power of God working through believers can overcome these overwhelming odds. Even in the bleakest circumstances, God multiplies the work of the faithful in order to reach and transform multitudes. It simply requires surrender and an earnest desire to impact this world for Christ. And here's Pastor David in the book of Acts chapter 17 as he continues his message, When the World Pushes Back. Are you ever amazed at how vicious the hatred for Christianity could be? And particularly for those, I believe, particularly for those that are convicted by the message of the cross. We live our lives in truth before the world. It's going to bring conviction to others. If we share our faith and share the truth of God's word, it's going to bring conviction. And man then has a choice of three different ways. He can ignore it, he can accept it, or he can come to the point of fighting against it. And I believe that those that are under some of the greatest convictions of the Word of God become some of the greatest enemies of the Word of God. I believe that's, again, where, where, where the greatest of hatred for Christianity comes. When people hear that message, misunderstand perhaps what Christianity is all about, and in their hatred for that, come against it. Here we see, again, their stand for the Jews. It's not just a simple disagreement. It's a focused hatred, a full-blown desire for destruction. What we see, not only in this country, but worldwide, a focused hatred, a desire for destruction. And they're going to do all that's within their ability to bring a halt to the message of the gospel. So plainly, the enemy is coming against every way that he can the opportunity to be able to share the hope of Christ. But a little bit more of that in a moment. Apparently, during this time, while they were in Thessalonica, Paul and the missionary team probably were staying at the house of a man by the name of Jason. 
maybe Jason had, had been an earlier believer. Maybe he had come to faith in Christ in the early time of Paul and the team they're sharing there in the synagogue. Maybe, uh, we, we just don't know. Maybe it was, uh, again, while Paul was there that he became a believer under the preaching of the word that he shared. Uh, we don't know, but we do know that somehow Jason was harboring or keeping the missionary team probably at his house. Anyway, the Jews, after they stirred up the city, they went to find Paul and the team. And I believe that as they went to search for Paul and the team, they had every desire to go ahead and stone him and do away with his life. Well, verse five tells us that this mob attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them, the disciples, uh, the missionary team, out to the people. But when they didn't find them, they didn't find Paul and Silas, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security, in essence a bail bond from Jason and the rest, they let them go. I wonder, look at this. I wonder as Paul was sharing there in the synagogue to both Jew and Gentile and the women that were there, I wonder as he was sharing again the the hope of the gospel, the, the promises of God that are found within the scriptures. I wonder if he also shared that once you come to Christ, you need to understand the world is gonna hate you. I wonder if he gave them, you know, kind of a full disclosure at that point in time. I wonder if Paul had shared with them how he himself, he had already been left for dead after he had been stoned by the people there in Lystra, how he had been beaten and been put in prison while he was just up the road there in Philippi. I wonder if he had shared with them that multiple threats had already come upon him and those that had been traveling with him. I wonder if Jason was ready for that rising conflict of what it means to truly follow Jesus. And guys, I wonder also, are you ready for that? Oh, we don't have that kind of persecution, Pastor. For those of us that have a couple of decades, you know, under our belt or under the hair of our heads, I think we've seen the world change a little bit, haven't we? We've seen the world change. Oh, it, it, it's no different than where it is in other places of the world. We, we don't have to look just at the United States. We could look at the world over and we could see the rising hatred of Christianity just as it goes from country to country to country. Beloved, I think that should the Lord tarry, you better make sure that you can stand strong against the test. Stand strong when the world comes with a consistent and a powerful pushback on your faith in Christ. Are you a believer simply because it's comfortable? What happens when it becomes uncomfortable in your life? 
There's no doubt that Paul's ministry was having an impact here on the people there in Thessalonica, as well as the other places that he had been. Apparently, these Jews were aware what had been happening in these other cities uh, where, where, where the missionary team had come. They had heard the message. Remember, this is the second missionary journey in this part of the world. Somehow, they knew the impact as these Jews were talking to this primarily a Gentile crowd. Remember what they said. These are the ones who have turned the world upside down. And be careful because they're now in your city. They've come here. You need to stop and understand that's an amazing statement. The fact that so few who were so totally sold out to Jesus Christ can have such an impact on the world. Guys, if so few could do so much back in those days, what could so great a people who are totally sold out for Jesus do in our world today? I believe you'd agree with me that they weren't really turning the world upside down. They were actually turning the world right side up. They were turning it into a way that, again, people were giving honor and glory to God. We have to ask ourselves, though, when was the last time that the church itself was charged with turning the world upside down. Well, we see it in some places. We see it in some places where the persecution is so severe on Christianity because they're saying, you're interrupting our lifestyle. You're changing our culture and we'll have none of it. Let me ask you this morning, how much of an impact is the church really having on the world today? How much of an impact is the church really having on our nation today? How much of an impact does our church have even on our community? And let's get right down to brass tacks and say, how much of an impact do you have on your family? How much is your life sold out for Christ really impact your family? Or are we afraid of the of the backlash? Are we afraid of the consequences of truly following Jesus and truly speaking out in his name? Now, is it very plain how far these Jews have gone to attack the gospel message? They'd even left what they did believe. If you see what's going on here, the venom of, of hatred has now gone all throughout every core of their being, they were even going beyond their own belief system and they were warning these Gentiles. They said, these are all, act they're, they're acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar. Well, since when would a Jew worry about the decrees of Caesar? They shouldn't have at all. The Jew says, no, we're, yeah, Caesar has control over us. And I'm not worried about fulfilling the decrees of Caesar. Why, they even went so far as to say, they're saying there is another king, Jesus. Well, every Jew would know that, no, there's no king over their lives except the one true God. They've left the core of their own belief because of the hatred and started pushing and bringing these things. What we see now is appears that these Jews are siding with the pagan culture. 
not too unlike the Jews in Jerusalem as Jesus stood before Pilate. And do you remember what they told Pilate? As Jews, we have no king but Caesar. Really? And you call yourself a Jew? You have no king but the one true God. They'd come to total compromise with the world that they lived in. They had bought into that system of, of convenience. And they were leaving all that they knew behind. Guys, it's not unlike what we see today in, and I'm using huge air quotes here, in churches even around our nation. Churches that have bought into the system. Churches that would rather be comfortable than right before God. Churches that are willing to accept and say anything or not say anything in order to live at peace within their community. Guys, when you take a stand, when the church takes a true stand to speak the truth, there are those within the community that will come against you. For these Jews, Paul tells us, man, these, these guys, man, they're, they're leaving so much behind. Paul tells us in the book of Romans in chapter 9 as he's speaking about the Jews, he says, these are the ones to whom pertain the adoption. These are the ones that pertain the glory, the, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, the promises of God, of whom are the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternally blessed God. Paul says, in, in, in Romans, he said, they've left that, and here we see it in action here in Thessalonica, as these Jews are siding with the culture against the truth of God. They left it all behind. They tried to be comfortable in this temporary world. They compromised their faith for comfort, and so they believe the lie that would lead them to destruction. And beloved, unfortunately, there are way too many within our nation, even within our community. And yes, I'm not so naive, but to also say, even within our church, that have compromised their walk of faith for comfort. You've compromised the stand for righteousness in order to not receive any kind of persecution. Beloved, I think that every one of us have been guilty of that at times. But is that something that you're living in now? You've worked, you've found a place of comfort. You've gotten to a point in your life and in your relationship with family and coworkers and neighbors and friends where you don't want to ruffle any feathers. You don't want to cause any waves. I'm just living my life here. And by that compromise, guys, you're buying in. We buy in to the very lie of Satan. And pretty soon, we come so focused on being a part of the world that we're living in that we're of no impact for the kingdom that's coming. Many today, one hand, they're declaring themselves as, as, as Christians, as believers. 
and yet they find themselves siding on the way of the world, compromising in order that they could live in peace, in order that they could live in comfort, believing the lie, focusing on the things of the world, knowing the reality of the, the, of the attack that was coming against the church here in Thessalonica, knowing, again, the, the stand that this church uh, needed to have, again, for the glory of God. Paul, later on, writes to that church in Thessalonica. If you've got your Bibles with you, why don't you open them up real quick? Well, look at uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians Hold your place right there. We'll come to that in a moment. It's not that I jumped ahead of myself. I'm just getting you prepared. Right. <laughs> Knowing the attack that could come on believers, Paul wrote to the church in several places. One of the places he wrote was in his letters to uh, Thessalonica. But in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, you don't need to turn there, but he writes there, therefore, brethren, stand fast. Hold to the traditions which you are taught, whether by word or the epistle. In other words, he said, stand fast in your faith. Why? Because persecution was coming. He writes to the church in Philippi, the one that he was just at, the persecution that came there. He writes to the church there in Philippians chapter 4. He says, therefore, my beloved, my longed-for brethren, my joy and my crown, so stand fast in the Lord. Stand fast, why? Because he knew that their faith was going to be tested as the enemy of the gospel would continue to press against them. He writes to the church in Corinth. He warns them in 1 Corinthians 16. He says, watch, stand fast in the faith. Be brave, be strong. Why would he write that? Because he knew that there was going to be an attack coming on their faith. He prayed for the church of Colossia. In Colossians chapter one, he prayed that you might walk worthy of the Lord, that you would be fully pleasing to him, that you would be fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, that you would be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. Why did he write those words? Not because he knew that they could live at peace within the world, but because he knew that if we lived our lives fully out for the Lord Jesus Christ, we would rattle feathers. We would ruffle the feathers. We would cause waves. There would be pushback. And what happens? How do you deal when the world pushes back? The world will do everything that it can to cause you to surrender your faith, or at least compromise your faith, to believe the lie that a little compromise, that won't hurt, just a little compromise. The enemies will do all within his power to make your life and your testimony of no effect in this present world. If you've got your Bibles at First Thessalonians now, want to make sure you had enough time. I'm going to ask Jake and the worship team to come on up, but I want to share these words with you. As Paul writes to this very church here in Thessalonica that, that he's at here, 
A few years later, he writes to them, and listen to these words, the power of these words, and when you understand why he's writing these words, because of the persecution that was then and was continuing on even at that time, Paul writes to them in chapter one, beginning in verse two. He says, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And so in other words, Paul is saying, man, you saw us living it out in how we responded to the persecution. You saw it lived out as we ministered there for three weeks and perhaps just a few days more. Verse six says, you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word, what? In much affliction, but with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe, for from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything, for they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Are you worried about persecution now, or are you concerned about the reality of the wrath to come? You might say, well, that's okay. I know I don't have the wrath to come because I have received Christ. I know my sin is forgiven. I know that I'm not appointed to wrath. And so everything's fine that way. But let me ask you right now, are you still compromising your faith? Are you still being silent when you need to speak out? Is your life being compromised because you believe the lie that your life would be better if you just held your voice. You see, it's our testimony to the world that people need to hear. It's our testimony of what Christ has done. We're, we're nothing special. I, and again, as I say often, I've looked around the room. There's none of us special in here, no matter what your mama might have said when you were little. Ain't none of us special in here. Every one of us needed a Savior. Every one of us were guilty of sin. You see, when we speak of the reality of Christ, that doesn't lift us up here in the world down here. No, that says, you know what? Together, we need to seek the truth of God's word. And the enemy will tell you, shh, quiet, don't, don't say anything. You don't want to have persecution or trials in your life. Don't you just want to get along with everybody, have peace with everybody? But you know, in that silence, men and women are going to an eternity of hell. Paul says you, they're the church of Thessalonica. Man, you're, the testimony of your lives has been an example to all those throughout all of Macedonia and in Achaia. Man, what an example your life has been. 
Guys, we need to live our lives as an example of the truth of God in our lives. Thank you for joining us today on The Open Word. Acts is such an interesting book about the early church and how people engaged with their newfound faith and then spread that good news to their region and the entire world. If you're new to the Bible and are unsure what this newfound faith is, you can learn more about a man named Jesus who came to save you. He came as the Son of God to save you from your sins. These early disciples in the book of Acts were elated to share with everyone what Jesus had done for each of them. They wanted others to know that kind of love, too. If you want to understand this more fully, we'd like you to know that here at The Open Word, we're here for you and we're praying for you. If you have some questions, please give us a call at 520-836-9676. We'd also like to encourage you to find a church and begin attending regularly. If you live in Casa Grande, we'd love for you to come visit us. The Open Word is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande, and we meet every Saturday at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. You're welcome to join us for a time of worship and Bible study and a time to get to know other believers and find support. Find out more when you call us. Again, that number is 520-836-9676. You can also find out more about The Open Word and listen to additional messages by visiting theopenword.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to The Open Word.